you direct response people know what kind of advertising works and what doesn't work. You know to a dollar. The general advertising people don't know. Welcome to the Advertising Podcast. A presentation of the Brandon Fredericks Agency. All right, we are live. Thank you so much for viewing, experiencing, listening, watching, whatever you're doing to this episode. Uh, we want to talk about something that I think is incredibly important, which is really the future of advertising. We're going to take a sort of five-year walk into the future and talk about some emerging techs. And, you know, any bit of futurology or thinking about, um, you know, five years from now, it really the benefit of it is not just for fun. The benefit of it is because it's supposed to impact our actions today. The reality is, you know, you know, who knows what's going to happen in five years. The world may end, and you know, today, later today, but um, you know, or you know, our world may end <laughs> later today. Who knows? Um, and you never know what sort of what sort of things are are on the horizon. So that's it, the benefit is not taking a you know, five-year step forward from a matter of just facts and fun, but really it's influ- it should influence our advertising today so that we're not caught off guard by the most likely scenarios that are going to be here um, in the next, developing over the next five years. Um, you never know, you know, it was, you know, you would have never guessed, you know, Facebook in 1995, you would have never been able to see the social media change coming. So, you know, again, the benefit is not, um, is, is not prediction, um, but what you could have seen in 1995, when you, that year when you have like the emergence of really chat rooms and those types of things, is that you can see a trend towards uh, a collaboration, if you will. I'm not sure that you could have seen full bore social media on the horizon, but you definitely could have seen that, oh, people are going to want to talk to each other on a one-on-one basis using the internet and so you can you can see some of those things so it's more about how does the future in future trends and topics influence our advertising today <coughs> plus I mean heck you just want to stay on the cutting edge um, and a lot of the exp- a lot of the changes especially in this next five-year course is you know internet advertising has really been you know the Wild West there really hasn't been a lot of standards and metrics uh, the way that there has, you know, the FCC really has really regulated, you know, broadcast towers, television towers, radio towers, all the way up until the 1980s, uh, when a lot of that was deregulated. But prior to that point, you had a lot of regulations that built practices and those types of things. And then even when things were deregulated in the 1980s, a lot of those, most of those practices and standards stayed in place. Nothing like that in the digital world. Digital world came up, uh, you know, in sort of the wild frontier with nobody really understanding it. Um, if you ever, if you watched any of when Mark Zuckerberg was called in front of Congress, if you watched any of that questioning, uh, you know that our lawmakers still don't understand this stuff. You know, they're asking him questions about Twitter and those types of things, which is a completely different company. It has nothing to do with him. It's just, it was almost laughable. Um, you know, if it wasn't sad that those are the people that are responsible for making our laws, um, it would be funny. But uh, because they clearly had no idea what they were doing. So uh, the understanding this next five-year trend is a, an important one because one of the big trends that we can easily see is the legislation of what was previously Wild West advertising. 
in the digital world, you know, things like not targeting, you know, say, you know, do you target a 14-year-old with a mobile banner ad? Well, most companies, you know, ourselves included, most, most, most companies would say no. You know, you know, you don't do that. But there wasn't any sort of actual legal mandate not to do that. And, you know, nor, you know, or do you target someone, say, with, with diabetes, with, uh, if you were a chocolatier, let's say, let's say that you were a chocolatier or a candy company, do you target people that have diabetes and try to get them to eat your sweets because you know that they probably struggle with eating sugar? Um, is that a moral or ethical thing? Most companies would say, no, we certainly wouldn't do that, would not do that campaign. Um, but there, again, there's no sort of legal ramification or legal thing stopping it. It's all sort of self-regulated. And, and so there's been a lot of self-regulation, but there has not been hardly any legal standpoint. And so what you're seeing right now is a race. You're seeing uh, one of the emerging trends, one of the big trends that you're seeing, uh, that we're seeing as sort of a signal for the future, is this legislation race. You're seeing companies become more and more strict, you know, Google, Facebook, um, all having ma major announcements as far as privacy changes, Snapchat having you know, a major privacy change. Uh, you're seeing companies begin to regulate themselves in a major way, because obviously if they don't regulate themselves, then what happens is government regulation. And, you know, as a private industry, you never want government interfering with your, with your industry. You'd rather take care of the problem yourself. And so in the impending threat of things like what's going on in California, where California is passing a lot of laws, even more restrictive laws than what we saw passed in Europe with the GDPR laws, you're seeing companies now having to disclose things like using chatbots. Like if you use a chatbot, uh, that has to be disclosed in California. It can't take on the persona of a human being which, of course, is standard practice. If you go to almost any chatbot, it's usually not a human being running that thing. It usually is an AI behind it. And so just having to disclose those things. One, it's important to know what's right and what's wrong legally so that you don't find, run into any legal troubles. But also, too, it gives you a sense of what legislators are looking for, which should give you a sense of what people are looking for. You know, people want to know if there's a human on the other side of that. So they put pressure on lawmakers and lawmakers then pass the law. Now, some of those laws we can debate on whether or not they should be laws or internal standards and best practices. Um, it's a huge difference, but nonetheless, you're seeing companies begin to self-regulate at a massive pace. Uh, really imposing you know, pretty restrictive measures on themselves in order to reduce public outcry and demand for government oversight. And so that's definitely one of the battles that's coming. Now, who cares? You know, what's, you know, what does that have to do with the price of tea in China, right? Um, as the old saying goes. Well, we're going to talk about three big trends that really do impact, I think, directly your ad placing and buying. Um, the first thing is a trend towards personal. That's It's going to continue. You know, that's something that started really a decade or more ago, and it's something that's going to continue. You know, if you, if you want to sell more pillows, you're going to have to be more like the MyPillow guy. 
Um, you know, that's just that's just the reality. Um, you know, and I use him. Just, he's a very divisive figure, but he's also a very public figure. That's the trend towards brands. That's the trend towards things. Is you're almost going to have to take on a persona. Now, and you know, he's somebody who you know turns off as many people as he turns on, right? Like as many people dislike him as like him. But if you look at that, that's fifty percent, right? You know, that's you know, that's a that's a, about a fifty percent about a 50% of the population either loves you or hates you. And having 50% of the population love you, even if the other half absolutely hates you, having 50% of the, of, a, of the country loving your brand, that's pretty powerful. And that translates into, of course, a lot of sales. Being personal, taking on issues, being out on the forefront, being a turning a brand, a sort of amorphous logo into a human identity, humanizing personal personal brands, making brands personal. That is a trend that you know we, we've been talking about now. I mean, I think this is the third um, the third time I've brought it up in at least in at least a talk or capacity just this year. We've been talking about it for a few years now. But that is definitely a trend that is going to get more and more powerful. We have uh, we have a client that was getting a lot of traffic to their website, uh, but they weren't converting any of their tra- in their, any of their traffic. And when we look at their website, it's because there's no humans on it. Like there's no like who's who is running this thing? Like who's running this company? Like what do you stand for? Like, those are things that people want to know. They want to know that you're not talking to some, you know, uh, you know person often you know some unknown land that that you know doesn't doesn't mean anything to you you want to know who's who's on the other end of the brand so making your brand more personable um, more personable more personal also you know making being unafraid to step out in the forefront and make yourself um, or someone you know appoint someone that is the face of the company, that's the person that's going to be out on the forefront, that's the person that's going to be in all of your brands, that's the person whose opinions and mindsets lead the company, and be an opinionated company. Um, I know that you know, we can talk, talk all day about how there's good and bad, and maybe the downside of companies taking stands on certain issues and those types of things, but the reality is, is that if you want people to remember your brand, you're almost going to have to start thinking about being vocal about the things that you're vocal about. In other words, it's not about being fake. You know, if you're not a political person, then don't make politics your thing. If you're, an, you know, if you're an outdoor enthusiast, make outdoor your thing. You know, make you know, make your brand. You know, your um, if you've got a brand of mug, say, let's say that you've got a coffee mug brand, um, make your brand as much about being outdoors. As, as you can, even if it's not directly related. Take on a personal persona in your business, make your business more personal, it makes it more relatable, it makes it more real. And with that, obviously don't try to fake it. Faking it is the exact opposite of what we're recommending that you would do. We were recommending that you make it more real, more like you actually are. Moving into the third key. So first key, make your brand more personable and personal. 
Second key, second thing that's that's come taking place in, in 2026. So prediction for 2026 is that almost all brands are going to be like a collection of friends. You know, you're going to wear Nike shoes because of one reason or another. You're going to wear, um, you know, you're going to you um, you're going to have a reason why you bought almost everything. You're going to have some ubiquitous brands, things like Apple and Google and those types of things. Uh, but for the most part, for a lot of those those highly commoditized purchases, you know, if you think of the MyPillow guy, for example. Who knew a pillow brand? I guarantee you that five years ago, um, I, I bet nobody, unless you're in the pillow world, unless you do something in related to pillows, I bet you couldn't have named a single brand of pillow. And then all of a sudden, this guy comes along, and now everyone knows him. Like I said, whether you whether you would never buy his product or whether you will only buy his product, there's people on both sides of that fence. And if nothing else, he's a, he's a he's now a brand out of nowhere. Those highly commoditized things, you're going to see those brands either go away, either get relegated, or you're going to see. So you know, in other words, if you if you're going to see the brands that keep on trucking like usual, in which case you're going to see no you're going to see them eventually go out of business, and then on the other end of the spectrum is you're going to see an explosion of personal brands where you're you're you know I wear Tom's shoes and this is true I, I wear Tom's shoes because Tom's gives you know donates a pair of shoes like that's one reason I make that purchase is because why wouldn't I buy shoes. Um, from a from a company that also donates a pair of shoes to someone in need, why would I choose to buy from somewhere else? You know, I would rather buy from there. And then you know, it, it helps. It helps gives us gives a story. You're going to see more and more and more of that. The, so, the next sort of category or trend to pay attention to is that content marketing is really going to be king. Content marketing can mean two different things, and really both are about are going to continue to take off. Content marketing, first and foremost, is a type of targeting. So, when you when one way to talk about content marketing or content targeting is targeting or is basically dictating where your ads show up in relation to content. So, for example, if you're a realtor. You want your ads to show up on Zillow and Trulia and, and all these other real estate websites. If you're an auto if you're an automaker or an auto sales, uh, an auto, automotive seller, you want your ads to show up on AutoTrader and Cars.com, and, th and those are sort of sort of obvious examples. Um, making dictating where the content where your ads run is gonna is really the answer to how you handle the great cookie crumbling. You know, third party cookies. Um, will be going away, um, you know, and that's something that brands need to prepare for. And I know Google's been playing around with the date of when exactly that happens and so forth. But the reality is, is people don't want the internet being their internet usage being tracked to such an extent. Um, now, the cookie crumbling is an example of sort of bogus. Uh, posturizing where like you've got companies that are really just taking a financial stand and making it look like it's a altruistic action and, and all these other things I can poke a billion holes in that decision but at the end of the day it doesn't matter not my decision not your decision instead how do you deal with it as an advertiser if you've been taking advantage of the fact that 
Google knows who's going to be renting a car soon. Um, you know, how do you adapt that for a future where there's no third-party cookies? Um, and the real and the answer to that is content marketing. You know, if you're a car rental place, be on travel sites. You know, be on travel in you know, be in travel and tourism TV shows. Be on travel and tourism podcasting. Um, that's how you combat that because the people that are listening to those things are about to travel and they're the most likely people to rent a car. And so you're just having to go up the funnel a little bit, which is actually, I think, a good change. Pairing with that change is the fact that as we have more autonomous vehicles over the, on the road over the next five years and we have uh, you know, an increased amount of people working from home, a trend that's expected to continue over the next five years, you have content consumption expected to continue to explode. Last year, content consumption was at an all-time high. This year, it's continuing to grow. Next year, it's projected to continue to grow. People are consuming content constantly. You go to the grocery store, you see people with earbuds in their ears as they're walking up and down the grocery store aisles. Um, you can say it's bad, you can say it's good, whatever. It doesn't matter, it's happening. And what that means is that there's gonna be an increased thirst for content, which is actually, from a marketing standpoint, I'm only talking from an advertising standpoint, a good thing. Because that helps when we're having to place ads based on content. It's a good thing that there's about to be a bunch of content inventory. There's about to be an, a huge niche. You know, if, if, in, if in 1992, you had wanted to, to have a program about, say, fencing, for example, um, not fencing, you know, like fencing the sport, where like the little foil thing. Um, let's say that you wanted to have a fencing show of some sort. No radio station would have picked you up. No TV station would have picked you up. Um, maybe if you were famous enough, you could have gotten like a 2 a.m. slot on like a cable network somewhere. But for the most part, you were out of luck. Now that's totally different. You could absolutely have a fencing podcast up and going within a few minutes, and you can be pumping that contact out, content out. You can be boosting it to people who care about who care about fencing on other fencing platforms, and you can really can grow a platform like that. So content marketing, you know, content is really becoming king, both on a consumption standpoint, content's becoming key, king from a marketing standpoint, targeting standpoint and content is about to become king from a placement standpoint. Like you need to be generating your own content. Last thing, uh, last trend, and this one is just for you true futurists out there who are, are wanting to know more on a tech side, what I think is gonna be the next game changer in the year 2026 compared to now is augmented reality. Like I, you're really gonna see, uh, I highly expect augmented reality to become a huge part of most types, most brands. Um, I mean, augmented reality, for those of you who don't know, is basically just being able to take um, a cell phone, a, a, a smart glasses, which are another thing that are going to come back to play um, by the year 2026. But it's being able to take an internet-connected device, point it at a space, and be able to plop something into that space that looks like it's there when you look through the camera or whatever. Um, augmented reality is already here, but it's right now it's only for like the real hoity-toity brands and the real techie stuff. 
um, that's something that's going to really expand. You know, you're, I don't think you're going to be able to sell a couch in 2026 without having an augmented reality plan because people are going to want to plop that couch down. You know, what's the, what's the downside of anyone who ever ordered off Amazon, right? You order, you order a towel rack that looks really nice and then you get it and it's that big. Right, you think it's this big on on Amazon, and then you get it and you unpack it and you put it together, and it's that big. And you're like, how the hell is that going to hold a towel? That is a big frustration. Augmented reality is the cure to that. What it does is you scan a room, you drop that towel rack, you put it up on a wall, you drop that couch into your living room, you look and see how it looks, you walk around it, you you know, do I like this couch? Maybe not so much, and then you can order it right from that platform. That's going to be really key to selling any sort of physical product clothing as well you know does this shirt look good on me i can try it on you know take a look around yeah it does maybe um no it doesn't you know do these shoes look good um that is the key to selling physical products in the year 2026 is your augmented reality plan thank you so much for listening i'm out of time and thanks so much if you like this content, then please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share it with someone who you think it may help. And if you would like more free tools, help, and information on the Brandon Fredericks Agency, just go to theadvertisingpodcast.com. That's T-H-E, advertisingpodcast.com. Thanks so much.